This episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and DraftKings. Hello, I'm Toronto Mike, producer of Humble and Fred. Lisa Laflamme was the chief news anchor and senior editor for CTV National News. She'd held that position since 2011 when she replaced Lloyd Robertson. On June 29th, she was informed by Bell Media that they had made a business decision to end her contract with CTV News. She announced that yesterday. Here she is in May 2020 on Humble and Fred. And uh, welcome back. We have some sunshine on this uh, Wednesday in May. Uh, I got to be honest with the, uh, you, Freddie. I'm a little nervous. Are you nervous? Why am I nervous? Uh, yes, because I go to bed every night with this woman. It's uh, it's unbelievable. Wow. That's that two- she's on the show. <laughs> that would, that's two women that are basically ignoring you. <laughs> um, she is the chief anchor and senior editor of the CTV National News. And our guest this morning, Lisa Laflamme. Hello, how are you? Good morning to you guys. Great to be on the show this morning. Well, it's great to have you uh, on with us. Uh, it's a little bit unnerving because, you know, you're Lisa Laflamme and we're Humble and Fred. But you were saying during the break uh, that you've uh, you've been listening to us uh, for years. I think we must be the same vintage because I feel like I've been listening to you guys and you've been cracking me up for I don't know. What year did this Humble and Fred show start? Is 1989. It, well, and I started in 1989 in radio as well. So that that explains it. Yeah. So you've been cracking me up for 30 years. That's incredible. Well, you know, that that is such a great compliment coming from you because we both respect you very much and both have watched your ascension with your career to where you are now. Now, you said radio. Was that in Kitchener as well? It was. Well, I actually started in radio in Ottawa. I was a university student, and I had a, I had a radio show called The Culture Bunker. How's that ah. for an 80s <laughs> name? And, uh, and I mor- that morphed into a news radio job in my hometown of Kitchener, which was at the time o- also owned the television station. So one Saturday night, I finished a radio shift, and they said, hey, the, the TV reporter called in sick tonight. Can you cover a tv story and i said what (laughs) and that started it all so a saturday night at a psychic fair at the hoother hotel in waterloo ontario listen you're you're the editor now i don't know why you don't bring back culture bunker i don't you love the name i had another one i had another one called stock frame oh (laughs) well i will tell you uh fred um has been talking about you to me for a very long time, and I was talking about this earlier in the show. That I remember when, sort of ten years into your career, you were on the news CTV Newsnet, which became their news channel. And he said, "Have you seen that woman?" <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I said, uh, "You know, I and I on his recommend started watching you as well." And and early on, it was clear that 
you were going to be kind. very good at this job. But did you? You're very kind. But but I you've already answered one of my questions, which was I I don't you, did you grow up wanting to be just in the media or was television something that you thought maybe no, one day? I, I I grew up wanting to be a writer, and uh, I don't think I knew it was a reporter or a journalist when I was in grade school, and I just knew I was writing all the time, and I, I was a news junkie if 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 I even knew what that was, and I think that was more of a family thing. And uh, I don't know, it just turned into, since my lounge singing career was going to be limited, I decided that journalism was going to be the, the fit for me. And, and it's really worked out. It's I've just had a, you know, I've been very privileged. It's been a fascinating 30 years. And, uh, you know, right up to today, let's face it, none of us has ever experienced or covered what we're all living through right now. And it's so strange that this isn't just... Canadians, this is global. And I mean, so much of my career in the last many years has been international news. And so it's been a very strange two months where we focus down and we have so much Canadian news right now. It's really hard to sort of get in what's happening in the U.S. or or outside of Canada. So that is also a very rare thing, I would say. But we're all experiencing this together. You... um so you go to work every night and you know that COVID-19 is going to dominate the news. Are you at a point now where you sit there and go, you know, we need something else. Like it, it can't be half an hour of COVID now. There's other things going on. And what does it take to break the COVID-19 lineup? Well, tragically, it took a shooting in Nova Scotia, uh, 22 people dead. Um, I'll never forget that day because it, it was like, this can't be happening in the middle mm-hmm. of this and for the poor people of port pic and Nova Scotia and the whole country. Um, so, you know, some things are just obvious. You have to break out of this. And by the way, I will say that I'm going to go way back to really early February. Our shows just started morphing into entire COVID shows because there was just so much to tell and explain and um, mm-hmm. decipher and so the shooting was the first time we did not lead with COVID. And then, of course, the cyclone helicopter crash. So it's it's just how do you how do you rank tragedy, I guess, is the question. Well, and it goes to something else I wanted to ask you about, because, you know, we do this little nonsense filled show and we can be emotional and we can be, you know, immature and, and joke around. And sometimes we have both had moments where we've broken down on the air about something that was sad and emotional. How do you handle uh, a job like yours where, and, and maybe you do, where some of your emotional connection to a story bleeds through? Mm. I know that's not the best way of putting that, but you know what I mean? It no. leaches into your presentation. It's really, it's been incredibly difficult uh, the last two months because there's so much that touches us, as I said. Just, I mean, you're always a human being first, and then a journalist. And I don't know. I mean, there is definitely a something we have that stops us—a switch. I'm sure you guys are the same, um, where you don't break down on air. But there are so many times where I'm fighting. Uh, we were doing a morning show for two months uh, over during the 
the pandemic. And there were so many emotional stories and you don't know what's coming at you with live television. You have no idea what is going to uh, be said. And sometimes it just nails you and it's really difficult. You just have to pause. But I mean, you know that you guys have been doing this for so long and you have this gift of comedy and humor, which really does help everybody get through this because we do definitely still need a good laugh. And it reminds me of after 9-11, there was that whole concept of, okay, when are we allowed to laugh again? And I think you have found this magical way of finding that um, moment when we can look at stuff and say, okay, this is a little bit funny, this curbside mm -hmm. or whatever. You can find a way to balance it. And I don't know, um, I am a very emotional person, so it's been, it's a tough it's tough for me sometimes, um, but I think you just don't cry on air. It's like you don't cry in baseball, you don't cry on air, or I don't anyway. Lisa, what about responsibility? Now, there's been a long list of uh, distinguished um, you know, people that have done the national news in Canada. When you sit there every night... Are you sort of over that immense responsibility of delivering the news to the country and I've got to maybe do it in a certain way or uh, be at a certain level? Or is it just, does it just come easy now? Well, I mean, I think the, the interesting thing is so much of my day starting right first thing in the morning and right until air, the moment we go to air is the, is about building the show and writing the show and you know, the, the debate and discussion with the team over what is going to be in the show, that by the time we the, the lights go on, so to speak, you, you, you know it so well. You've been working on it that whole day and, and a story like this, this many months, that you never, it's never automatic because it's, it's all that hard work for the whole team is useless if it can't be conveyed honestly. Mm -hmm. and properly so i don't know it's never i don't get nervous anymore i mean i remember definitely when i used to fill in for lloyd way back when being physically physically feeling nervousness i mean i'm going mm -hmm. back many many years now but so i don't feel that but i absolutely always feel the responsibility of it and i'm i'm very careful in particular so that people here there's no distraction they actually hear what what we're saying because it's so important that people understand it and and we have this beautiful luxury in television to be able to tell the story on two levels with the words and the pictures so um that's always that's the joy of the job in a sense if right. you can call it that it's kind of a weird word maybe to use but to to be able to convey what all this work of the day and the world of the day and the country to say in a comprehensive way, if you've only got a half an hour, this will bring you up to date so you know what's happening. And you might get a bit of a laugh at the end of the show. For you people mm -hmm. that have just joined us, yet yeah, you're, what you're hearing is Lisa LaFlamme, Senior Editor-in-Chief Anchor of the CTV National News. The takeaway so far is Humble and Fred are a gift. That's number one. <laughs> number two, Number two. that's the big takeaway. If you just joined us, all of this is Lisa Laflamme has wanted to take time away from covering the biggest story of a lifetime to talk about what a gift we are. Yes. But I, but I, I, asked, I asked you about 
This is what we'll... Do you understand, Lisa? Fred and I will be talking about that moment forever. We're a gift. <laughs> Everyone should just know that. Well, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> now, I asked you about keeping emotions out of covering a very serious subject and a sad and tragic subject. What about personal opinions? Because you... I don't know if you've heard our program, but we're not, a, we're not big fans of the American uh, news networks, uh, mm-hmm. the right-wing ones. When you're covering something ridiculous that a politician has said i don't know say donald trump or maybe you have something that you're you think about the the way the prime minister has handled it how do you keep a personal opinion out of that well sometimes it's you know referring to donald trump sometimes it's very difficult because you realize that what is coming out of the mouth of the president of the united states has a global impact and affect lives affects this country um, I obviously try to have no bias on any of this, but you are also allowed judgment. And if something is um, racist or is, you know, um, dangerous attack on the industry we're in, uh, I think there are moments that I would be irresponsible if I didn't have some um I guess it's an editorial comment. I try to bring them back, and I have my fabulous uh, executive producer, Rosa Wang, and I'm always asking her, Rosa, was that too editorial? And, you know, sometimes we have to bring it down in the base a bit. But uh, um, this has been an interesting experience, for sure, covering Donald Trump. And, I I mean, according to the pro-Trump viewers, every time I arch an eyebrow, I'm you know, slamming the president, which is actually not true, but people are going to see what they what they see. They're going to hear what they want to hear sometimes. And uh, I think I try to just, we all try to just come at it straight, but definitely there are moments when you can't avoid calling someone out, even if they're a leader, uh, especially actually if they're a leader, because um, that's our job to hold their feet to the fire. He's not our president, but as I said, mm. his decisions do impact us. And it's very, uh, it's tough for you to um, play that line, I'm sure, sometimes. When uh, Trump says something about, like, the, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, drinking Lysol or whatever that was about, Injecting Clorox, I think, wasn't it? That's right. right. Something like that. Clorox. Are you excited about a story like that before the news? Or do you think, you know, it's so out there, maybe we won't use that? Or, Well, that one was so off the charts. Wasn't that fun? I watched that entire chunk. The the, the hardest part for our show is we're a half an hour. So we have to edit things. And still convey with words all the middle bits that we can't just let something breathe as we as I would love to. But that one, I think I watched uh, so many times to really understand what was he saying? What was he referring to? What the heck is he talking about with the injections and the lungs and all this stuff? So um, I'm never gleeful ever when it's something, as I said, there are people who actually, I mean, to say that the company that owns Lysol had to put out a, for the first time mm-hmm. a message saying, please do not try this at home, so to speak. Um, 
do not inject any of our products. These are for surfaces only. I mean, things like that. You just can't even believe well, that it's necessary. Would you ever imagine, <clears throat> as the uh, anchor of the national news, that you'd have to come on and report a story about the pri- yeah. the president uh, may have inferred we should drink uh, disinfectant? I mean, it really is the most strange, in the strangest of times in a 100 years, he is like making it stranger, if that's possible. Yeah, and I, I always sort of think, and I would say this about, you know, Dr. Fauci and all of the people in the circle, although he's now self-isolating, but um, there, there has to be a point for all of us, every single person, where you want to look at, see which side of history are you going to be on. At the end of this pandemic, when this thing is all over, are you going to be the person who just like an automaton reported something uh, like that or called that out? And, and I, I, I sometimes say, why aren't the others calling out the obvious things that are so wrong and um, dangerous? I, I, I lean on the danger because I think that's the thing. There's a lot of people who shockingly perhaps actually do follow the word of the U.S. president or whomever leader, and um, and it, it would risk their life. So that's the thing for me is is um, we do have to. It is about that balance and and knowing right. when you can say something out loud. Um, in the early '80s, they abandoned it something uh, in the United States called the Fairness Act, and this spawned Rush Limbaugh and the likes of Fox News and the polarization through the media. Everybody picking a team and going to war, so to speak. In Canada, and I don't know what the actual term is, we still have a Fairness Act. Are you glad that we have that, or would you actually want to see media be able to pick a side, pick a team? Well, I mean, obviously, newspapers historically have chosen a, a team, so to speak, um, and it works. You know what you're getting, and uh, and the editorial bias is obvious and, and unapologetic. That's what it is. In television, it's a, I always will stand by a fairness act. I think it's, we need it, sadly. We need it, obviously. We're seeing examples of where it doesn't exist anymore. Um, you know... It's a different form of journalism. I, I'm not even sure that's the word for it. It's it's opinion television, and it it uh, is the echo chamber, the, the cliche we've all come to know now. And um, what is its impact on the psyche of of the consumer? We also see evidence of that. Yeah. I'm trying to be very diplomatic here, but. Um, there are there are risks to those things where you are just spouting something that is willfully untrue. Um, Lisa Laflamme, uh, in our last few minutes, one of the questions, and I think we've asked uh, Peter Mansbridge this, and I would ask you, were you ever tempted or recruited by an American news network and uh, any any interest? I have been recruited. I guess it's not recruited if, in the sense that I didn't follow through on it, but um and it's and it's it's been a couple of experiences and a very interesting ones where i really have to ask myself what do i want and i realize i'm just such a i'm just such a dyed in the wool canadian 
and uh, and I love the journalism in this country and the freedom we have in this country and the way we cover things um, over history. If you talk about Peter Mansbridge or Lloyd Robertson or all of the great journalists of, the, of our history have sort of laid that foundation. And so it, it was not really, um, it, you know, I've obviously thought about things, but it's never been about the money for me. So in that sense, it was a pretty easy decision to stay where I am. And, uh, and CTV has been my life for 30 years. You know, wow. Peter Mansbridge has said that, and I think even Ron McLean, and that's what I love about our community. You put decency over dollars, and that's so important because we see in the States the other way around so often. So we're yeah. glad you're still here. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys are. Did I mention you're a gift? Yeah, we're a gift. Just if you want to finish off by once again on tonight's top story, Humble and Fred remain a gift. A gift. Um, yes. Not a gift. Not a gift. No, not a gift. Uh, Lisa Laflamme, uh, so many uh, things. But I, you, you mentioned, you sort of threw it away that you enjoy singing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, can you? Are you able to go out in public and sing karaoke, or is that? You're, are you too well known now? People go, oh my God, Lisa Laflamme is doing. I will survive. You must stop and. Well, the karaoke, I have to be honest, I've curbed that one um, because, you know, you want to do something for fun and it ends up on social media. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I do sing, you know, Newsapalooza has been a lot of fun. And um, for, we, I sang this year or 2019 for Journalists for Human Rights. I worked for that organization and we had a big fundraiser and it was an absolute blast to be able to sort of belt it out and uh, it is something I love to do. It's a great release, and you can ask any of my newsroom colleagues. I'm sure I drive them insane, although we're down to such a skeletal staff in the newsroom now that everyone kind of joins in if it's a uh, a song they know. So it's kind of a nervous release for me to, to belt it out. And uh, no one's shut me down just yet, but the karaoke's on the shelf. Well, I would hope that one day we... Uh... We'll look and see a release from you called Songs from the Culture Bunker. Oh, <laughs> I, I wish I could find those audio tapes from 1982 or 4 or whatever year it was. But anyway. Well, what a gift. Well, thank, listen, on behalf of both of us, thank you so much for taking some time today with us. It was really a lot of fun to talk to you guys. Thank you. Good luck with the show, too. Uh, Bye, thank another you. 30 years. Thank you. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, hey, guys, come on. Lisa LaFlamme, for God's sake. Look at that. Oh, the Zoom intern. Zoom intern. That Don't look directly at Lisa. I'm loving the Zoom intern as well. All right, Lisa. Take Bye, care. Bye, guys. All right. See you. Okay, see you, Lisa. Thank there you. There we go. Bye. End meeting. Bye-bye. And there we leave me. There we go. <laughs> I'm Toronto Mike. I produce Humble and Fred. If you want to hear more of me, I host a podcast called Toronto Miked. If you go to torontomike.com and click Notable Guests at the very top, you can cherry pick an episode and just check it out, see what you think. There are plenty of Humble and Fred episodes to choose from. Thanks for listening. Peace and love.
This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and DraftKings. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And don't forget to help keep the show going by licking them. <clears throat> uh, liking them. Like and subscribe. <laughs>